Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Sports Urban Legend, along with my co-host Macaulay Matthew. I am, of course, William Mamo. What's up, Mac? How you doing? Hey, Will. How's it going? I'm all right. I'm back, and I'm better than ever. Now, I've been go- these last couple of weeks, 
I was able to do the show because I was battling a bunch of illnesses, cold, flu, you name it. Uh, my voice is a little sore a little bit, but, you know, and, uh, you know, facing some of this stuff. But, you know, I'm going to sh- so, uh, soldier on and, you know, get to the show. So I want to thank you guys for listening to this uh, latest episode of um, Sports Women Legend. I'm going to talk about various topics, uh, the, the the recent passing, uh, the passing of uh, Muhammad Ali, the legendary boxer. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll uh, give our preview of uh, the Roots Marathon uh, with a remake uh, that just uh, aired uh, this week, this past week. Uh, talk about the NBA Finals, uh, the current state of uh, Mets and the Yankees, uh, Stanley Cup, NFL, WWE as the, the draft approaches, um, and of course, most importantly, uh, you guys can give us a call, talk about any of these topics and more. Uh, and, and of course, the number is uh, 917-388-4189. That's uh, 917-388-4189. So feel free uh, to share your thoughts on any of these topics and more. And uh, I just want to thank you guys, uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, for listening to this uh, latest episode. Um, Unfortunately, you know, we got to start off the show with some, you know, sad news. And, of course, we all know that – the legendary boxer Muhammad Ali, uh, known for his in, in, uh, impressive skills, you know, in the ring, uh, coupled with his fast and uh, trash-talking ways, uh, you know, he passed away. The man, uh, famously known uh, for being a three-time world champion, had epic bouts with legendary boxers. Uh, such as uh, Joe Frazier, uh, Sonny Liston, George Foreman, and uh, the list goes on and on. And um, he'll sorely be missed. And uh, this guy was an iconic figure. Um, You know, he used his uh, celebrity uh, to uh, bring awareness to a lot of social issues uh, like race, war, yeah, uh, you name it. He he was very outspoken about it. You know, he wasn't. He you know he he didn't pull back any punches when he when it came to those issues. Um, you know, he famously um, uh, opposed the, the Vietnam War, and as a result, um, he um, he refused to fight in the war um, because he felt uh, you know his uh, Muslim faith uh, was against. Uh, you know, fighting in a in in a war that he felt was unjust, and uh, you know another another factor to that it was the racial factor was of course you know the the um, in America you know America was going through the civil rights movement so you know he felt you know as a black man you know in America at that time he felt disenfranchised and he he didn't feel like he should fight in a war against uh the Viet Cong as he said, you know, uh because they never called him the N word, so he felt like it wasn't his fight to uh to, to to attack them because you know he 
he you know he suffered you know some injustice injustices in his own country um even highlighted when he when he won uh the the olympic gold medal in uh, 1960 and he came home for a hero's welcome but then he found out that there was still segregation and uh infamously the reports claimed that he threw his olympic medal into the river or in the water somewhere uh, some people dispute that claim. Some people say he misplaced the, the medal, but fortunately for him, when he um, uh, light up the torch in '96, he got an honorary medal, you know, for his contribution to the sport of boxing, and uh, basically being the iconic person that he was. And uh, after his legendary boxing career. Um, he, um, basically, uh, was battling, you know, you know, throughout his whole career, he, he's been, he brought, he fought a lot of formidable opponents, as I mentioned, uh, earlier in this show, but, uh, you know, he faced another opponent in his, uh, uh, you know, his, re- during his retirement, and unfortunately that was Parkinson's disease, which, you know, a very serious uh, disease which caused him to shake. And um, he he used his, his celebrity, uh, you know, not to make money, but to instead bring awareness to uh, to this disease that plagues a lot of people, um, including, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox, among others. So, you know, he used, he used his celebrity to, to bring awareness uh, to this disease. And... Um, you know this guy. He he was a entertainer like no no one else. You know he he was a growing up. He was a huge uh, wrestling fan. So as a result, you know he stole while he you know he um, added the the trash talking element to his game. Reportedly he you know he got it from Gorgeous George, who was a a villain uh, in the 1950s, I believe. You know um, in the pro wrestling. So you know he got that he got that um you know that ability to trash talk and get the the paying uh customers to come to see to see him lose or 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 as you know commonly his fans to support him but you know Muhammad Ali was a very divisive you know he was a very outspoken uh individual so as a result you know some people um, you know, didn't agree with his views, especially during that time, because you know he he was he, you know he didn't um, you know he trash talk and he backed it up, and some people didn't like his style, and uh, some obviously some did. You know, some people viewed him as a black hero who, you know, who um, wasn't afraid to tackle any issues, and um, you know even spoke about race. And uh, you know he uh, after he won uh, his 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 bout his championship bout um, you know against Liston he changed he he changed his name to uh, you know Muhammad Ali you know so um, basically you know it was you know shocking at that time when he you know he joined Nation of Islam and then shortly after that you know there was other there were other uh, legendary black um, you know, athletes and celebrities who would join that group as well. 
uh, like um, Bill Russell, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly known as Lou Alcindor, during his UCL day, UCLA days in college basketball, and uh, with the um, uh, Milwaukee Bucks uh, before he, you know, changed his name later on. And those guys, you know, they spoke about racial issues. Obviously, uh, you know, you know, um, some people, you know, didn't uh, like the the message, but uh, you know, they spoke about racial racial issues that, you know, affected the country. Uh, you could even say maybe even to this day. But you know. After you know, afterwards, you know, Muhammad Ali he um, separated himself uh, from the group, that group, and uh, you know he, uh, you know, as a result, you know he 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 got fanfare from people all over the world, you know, and uh, you know a lot of people are you know mourning his loss, you know, because there will never be another man like Muhammad Ali, and he'll he'll definitely be missed. Yeah, man. There's, uh, we've lost an icon, a sports hero, legend, greatest boxer of all time. I mean, this guy, he truly did float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. I mean, this guy had, you know, great footwork in the ring and you know, great flexibility as far as, you know, not allowing fighters to corner him in, into the ropes and to hit him. You know, he... Uh, a great head movement, um, great jab, and uh, great punching power as well. And, you know, guys became the first three-time champions, you know, in boxing. Um, and, you know, like you were saying, you know, he was no first trash talking um, and his cockiness. But that's what made him Muhammad Ali, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we remember the most about him, his cockiness and trash talking. But at the end of the day, he, he backed that up. And everything that he said, he backed it up in the ring, and he showed you how great he was. Yeah. And uh, he lost a, a great fighter and a great man. Yeah, the, I mean, there have been previous boxers uh, in the past, black boxers prior to him, like Jack Johnson, you know, who was the first ever black boxer. But, you know, he was, you know, very, you know, brash. And not to mention he, during that time he was, you know, a black man and, the 1910s so either way he was he was very he was very antagonistic to the crowds which you know obviously the crowd was antagonistic towards him too so he definitely he they definitely uh jack johnson he um basically that that that's what created the whole great white hope basically the same element that gorgeous george and buddy rogers and uh, Rick Flair and uh, of course Muhammad Ali implemented was basically having being like the you know the villain have yeah. people pay their hard earned money to see you lose and basically because you're you know you're that good a lot of a lot of times the the, the haters are gonna go home you know not happy to see you lose and then yeah. afterwards you had uh, Joe Lewis who fought in the you know 1930s 1940s uh, you know he he became like the first black star, you know, that crossed over, you know, that crossed over, uh, you know, to mainstream media, you know, uh, he, pre- he, um, 
you know, along with um, Jesse Owens, who was, you know, a track and field star who won the 1936 Olympics. But those were, you know, obviously individual sports. And then later on, uh, a decade later, 1947, you had Jackie Robinson being the first black teammate on any uh, any sport, and obviously it was baseball. So, uh, you know, the first black guy to break the color barrier. So, you know, there there goes some history with that. But, uh, you know, Muhammad Ali, he's like right up there with with all those men. Yeah, so definitely. We even say he surpassed them because of his on the field stuff and causes that he, you know, he brought to the table. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. He'll be yeah, missed. He'll, he'll definitely be missed. But uh, moving on, uh, moving along, you know. But before we, you know, we get to that, you know, we move along. You know, uh, um, we definitely want to offer, you know, our sincere condolences to the Ali family for, you know, not only losing a legend but losing a father, a grandfather, a husband, you know. You know this guy. You know he. You know he only lived seventy four years, but he. He did a lot of stuff in that time. So, yeah. Yep. You know, again, my sincere condolences. You know, the greatest, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. You know. No doubt. So, um, switching gears, uh, staying with the issue of race. Uh, you know, this week. Uh, History Channel gave uh, the uh, the remake of the the iconic uh, Roots uh, miniseries from the 1970s, and uh, basically they remade it into a, a four-part uh, miniseries, and they modernized it. Uh, and uh, basically, basically my take was. You know, originally when they first announced they were gonna make a Roots remake, I was like, uh, "Why, uh, why are they making a remake? I mean, Hollywood, you know, Hollywood can't make anything original anymore because they're rebooting all these stuff, you know. Now, I mean, it, the list goes on and on with all the re- remakes and reboots that they've had: Rush Hour, Lethal Weapon. Um, it just it just keeps going on and on. I, it's too numerous for me to even mentioned MacGyver and all these others. I just can't, there's too many, but, you know, I, I hate remakes, you know, because remakes 99.999% of the time, they're never as good as the original. So I'm saying, so that's why I always feel like it's just a cash in ploy to make money, you know, yep. off the success of the, you know, the, the original. However, this, this four part mini series was very different. One, uh, the, the guy who created it, uh, who, who was behind it, was the son of the original guy who, who, who produced the original movie in the 70s. And uh, also, uh, LeVar Burton, who was the original Kunta Kinte, he also played, he was, I think, executive producer on this, you know, on this project. So it wasn't just anybody who just wanted to cash in. These These people know firsthand the legacy of what roots did to the to uh to American culture because this was the first time that America got to see the horrors of slavery. Yeah. You know, obviously no 
uh, no movie, an, I mean, or show, miniseries, even though this miniseries, the newer miniseries got as close and real as you could be. But, I mean, just the horrors alone is just a pale in comparison uh, of what, you know, what people had to go through, you know, yeah, for for centuries, you know, because because of the you know color of their skin. But um, oh, what were you gonna say? I apologize. No, yeah, I yeah, like you said, I mean, it's you know this movie pretty much you know um, it 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 pretty much showed you you know what slaves had to endure and go through during that time, and you know it's this movie this. This remake of the original was more. I found it more gruesome. You know, uh, there's more blood, more violence in it. Um, but you know, it, it stayed true to the history of slavery. You know, that's what slavery was about. Um, and this movie showed you that. And I like how you know, like I was saying earlier, how this movie, you know, uh, it stayed with the book as far as you know having Charlie um, Chicken George, I should say. Um, be biracial uh, because he, you know, he was mixed, you yeah. know, with uh, with his mother being black and his uh, father being um, Tom, was it? Tom, Tom Lee, right? Yeah, who was the the slave owner, and he doesn't realize Tom is his uh, father until years later when he's grown up. Yeah. Um, but um, and and also the fact that they use horses for the uh, um, was it the what's the name of the wars um. Uh, uh, Mandika. Mandika Warriors, yeah. In the original, they didn't have that, so I like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a good remake. Uh, you know, they definitely stayed. They they didn't really change much. Mm-hmm. You know, they stayed true to the book and the original series. Um, and you know, there was an all star cast, uh, as you were saying. Um, you know, it was very entertaining to watch. I would definitely recommend it to anyone. Um, who, who uh, saw the original to see this new one? Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely one of the better remakes. Yes, I, I, absolutely. In my opinion, I think this is the best remake ever. You know, of any, of, uh, any show, obviously a miniseries by far. But yeah. yeah, they um, they basically they had paid respect to the original. They they didn't uh, water it down. They expanded on it. I mean, Alex Haley. You know, this is this story. Uh, you know, Roos is based upon you know his ancestors' uh, you know life stories that he he found out about, and he wrote a book about it. Uh, that became a bestseller, and then as a result, you know, he made the uh, the mini the iconic miniseries, which was a uh, you know all star cast. Um, uh, I mean, the the list is endless. I mean, you had Maya Angelou, Louis Gossage Jr. Uh, LeVar Burton, who was uh, unknown at the time, um, so many, um, so many off the top of my head, I can't even, can't even think. Yeah. But yeah, basically they expanded upon stuff that they found out that even Alex Haley didn't know at the time about like the size of uh, the, the, the city. Uh, I forgot the name of Lufomi, I can't remember the name, it was with an L. It was actually bigger than he that than he knew at the time, so that's why in the movie it looked smaller than it was. So they were able to expand. They found out more information that even Alex Taylor didn't know at the time, and they were uh-huh. able to expand upon the movie. So, I mean, kudos to them. 
and I, I I recommend everybody to see both versions, you know, yeah. so you can see the differences and uh, basically, you know, give your appreciation about, I mean, you know, the time we're living in isn't perfect, but uh, at least we made some step steps of progress to try to make the world a better place. Yeah, definitely. But we still got ways to go, but, you know, it's a good thing, you know, we've improved, you know. But um, so switching gears, let, let's uh, uh, let, let's talk a little uh, uh, NBA. Um, you got the Cavaliers. Cavaliers won uh, the first game. No, not the first game. I'm talking about the Warriors won the first game. They blew out the Cavaliers. Uh, Cavaliers are going to try to even up this series. But uh, I'm thinking this series is going to go six games, and the Warriors are going to – pull this one out and defend their title, successfully defend their title back-to-back years. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think after – I mean, they won game one on Friday uh, – Thursday, I should say. Um, and Clay and Steph Curry didn't even play that well. You know, and their bench, you know, pretty much, you know, scored – you know, their their bench outscored um, – outscored uh, Cleveland's bench by like 30 or 40 points or something like that. It was a ridiculous number. Um, what's his face? Went off um, um, Livingston, had like 25 mm-hmm. points. You know, they, they couldn't stop him. And Barbosa uh, played well. You know, they have a deep bench. And when they all when, – when this team is shooting three-pointers and um, when they're uh, running, you know, the fast break, it's tough to stop them. They score a lot. They score points in bunches, and I don't know if uh, Cleveland is going to be able to win this series, man. I think it's going to be tough, but I see Golden State winning it in six as well. Absolutely, and uh, on the hockey side, they you know they're they're playing uh, in the uh, it's the uh, the Penguins uh, the Penguins. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the other why does the other team excuse me? It's Penguins. Versus sharks, right? Yes, the sharks, the San Jose Sharks. Mm-hmm. And uh, last I saw, they were uh, the Penguins were up two nothing, but they, the the third game might have. I think by now the third game might have ended because I saw it was last time I saw it was two two. So would you like to find out what's the, the yeah. final score of that game? I'm looking at it. I'm looking it up right now. Oh, let me see. Because right now it uh, looks like. Sharks won three to two in overtime. So there you go. the The Penguins, uh, Penguins currently lead the series two one. Sharks lead the series two one. Sharks. I could have. Actually, yeah, yeah, no, no, you're right. Yeah, Penguins. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Cause, yeah, because Sharks, Sharks just finally won this game uh, on Saturday night. Right, right, right. But um. And now Sharks are going to try to even up this series in this best of uh, seven series. Yep. Which I think the Pens are going to win. But um, shifting gears, uh, uh, we'll talk about the the Mets uh, quickly. Um, Basically, uh, the Mets, they've won two in a row in uh, Miami. They're going to have uh, Matt Harvey try to win this, you know, win the series, uh, you know, sweep the series, as a matter of fact. But he's going to be facing a very formidable formidable opponent in 
Jose Fernandez, and uh, Bartolo Colon. I mean, he pitched uh, the second game of the series. Um, you know, he, he got a no decision uh, because the Mets were able to score late, um, capped off uh, by Matt Reynolds hitting his first, uh, um, you know, R- career RBI, knocking him his first career RBI. Um, uh, um, what's what you call it? Diaza? He knocked in a, a two-run single, or I think it was no, actually it was a two-run double, which was ground rule, ground rule double, which uh, basically uh, put the insurance runs for the Mets. Uh, they got another save. Uh, I believe it was his 18th. Um, then Friday night, Syndergaard was his old form, dominant. He got the victory, um, and. Back to Mariah Harvey, who's trying to win this series. Uh, he His last start, he had a dominant performance. He went seven innings. Uh, I think he might have struck out ten. So he, he went back to his old form. I think this was Monday night, if my memory served me right. Uh, but, you know, this is the big test. Can he do it back-to-back games? Because he needs to regain his form. You know, he's he's been anything but... Matt Harvey this year. I mean, he's been he's been consistently bad. He hasn't even been inconsistent. He's just been consistently bad. So, in order for the Mets to, you know, potentially win a championship, you know, they got they need Matt Harvey to uh, bounce back. Uh, in addition to all the injuries they have, Matt, um, David Wright, he has an injury in his neck, a herniated disc. He's gonna he's on the DL. He's gonna be out for. Um, I think six to eight weeks. Then you got Lucas Duda, who's who's uh, had a has a bad back. He's on the DL for like six to eight weeks as well. As a result, Mets acquired James Loney, the veteran first baseman, and uh, you know he hit his first uh, career home run as a Met, his 100th career home run overall on Friday night. Uh, he also knocked in a run uh, on Saturday, so he's making his presence felt a little bit these last couple of games. But basically, the, the Mets offense is struggling. They have their, you know, some of their tough guy, top guys hurt. A couple of that with Cespedes, who got scratched out of the game on Saturday night. So, um, yeah, they're big boppers, man. They're 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 being hurt, and you know, as a result, their offense is struggling right now. But luckily, their pitching has been well for the most part. Uh, familiar bounce back from his he did allow a run today but other than that he's um he's bounced back from his two uh uh non save situations where he where he pitched horribly I think it was on Saturday and obviously Sunday night which I'm pretty sure you you're familiar with that. Yep. Yep. But, La familia. Yes, you're very familiar with that. <laughs> But you know he looks like he's bounced back, and basically Mets are gonna you know are, are gonna probably look for some uh, third base uh, options you know with with the with Wright being hurt right now. But uh, shifting gears, uh, Yankees. Uh, uh, what's your what's your thoughts on the Yankees? Are they performing? Well, they're trying to catch up to Boston. At Baltimore right now. Boston currently holds the um, is sitting atop the AL East right now with a 33 and 23 record. Yankees are like six and a half games behind. 
and they're about five and a half games behind the Baltimore Orioles. Um, Yankees, you know, they, they've been, uh, I don't know what's wrong with the Yankees. You know, they win some, then they lose some. And they've been on a losing streak recently. Um, they did finally win today, um, eight to six, by uh, scoring about. They scored four runs in the fourth inning, led by uh, RBI, RBI doubles by Starling Castro and Rob Ref Snyder. Um, so they managed to win today, but last night they lost six to five. Um, you know, Orioles hit a season high seven home runs. Um, well, actually, Orioles scored six runs after score, after scoring a season high seven home runs. Um, so right now, you know, it's tied one one the series. They go into the rubber game tomorrow. Hopefully, Yankees can win that. But uh, Yankees, man, they 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 gotta stop winning these games and then losing these games. I mean, you gotta be more consistent. I'm saying this all season long. You know, they're 26 and 29. You know, they gotta you know they gotta be consistent all season. They gotta you know manage these winning streaks. You know, after winning like seven games in a row, you can't go on a five-game losing streak. You can't do that. You're 100 you know? right, man. They, 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 you know, they gotta play catch-up. They can't be losing these games. Every game is crucial. You know, yeah. You gotta, you gotta go on a huge winning streak, just mm-hmm. just so you can uh, gain ground. Yeah. Because when you lose, you can't. You can lose ground or stay. You're gonna have to pray that your the other team. Uh, like the Red Sox is gonna, and the other teams above you are going to, uh, you know, are, are going to lose. Yeah, exactly. So, so uh, to be continued with the Yankees. Oh yeah, they're on the road to redemption. And uh, speaking of another team and another beloved team in New York, uh, on the road to redemption is the New York Knicks and their recent uh, official signing of. Jeff Hornacek as their new head coach. Um, as you know, Jeff Hornacek, uh, you know, he had a, a very successful career uh, playing with the Suns and most notably with the um, Utah Jazz where he uh, uh, his team lost back-to-back uh, titles uh, to um, Michael Jordan's uh, Bulls teams during the Phil Jackson era. And as a result, uh, um, John Stockton and uh, Carl Malone ended their, you know, illustrious careers, uh, you know, ringless. So he's very familiar with that. Then, you know, he became a, um, you know, a, a head coach with the, um, with the, um, I'm trying to remember, with with the Phoenix Suns, of course. Yeah, yeah. And you know, his first year he. You know, he coached while he won with 48 games. He he finished second place in the NBA Coach of the Year voting uh, to, of course, the legendary Greg Popovich of the San Antonio Spurs. And uh, then his last, his, what was his what, second and a half year with the with the uh, with the team? He wasn't able to finish his third uh, season with them, and uh, they 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 fired him after a, a slow start. And uh, now he's going to try to uh, bring some success to the New York Knicks and bring uh, some elements of the triangle offense to his run-and-gun, fast-paced offense that uh, he had with the Phoenix Suns. What's your thoughts on this uh, uh, acquisition? You know, I think um, I, I think it's uh, we have to wait and see. 
you know, how this signing turns out. I mean, obviously, Hornacek has more experience than Derek Fisher, who didn't have any experience when we hired him two seasons ago. Um, you know, so he's had experience coaching the Phoenix Suns. Um, I mean, he seems like a, a basketball guy who knows the game, who knows how to, you know, run practices and um, make in-game changes and, and decisions. So, um, you know, it's left to be seen what he does with the Knicks. Um, you know, I think he, I think he could be a good coach. But then again, I've said that about every other coach that the Knicks have hired. So. <laughs> that, that's uh, very true. But you know, he has he has some, um, you know, he has some experience. So, you know, with some, you know, um, with some uh, talented players like uh, Andre, uh, you know, Andres, you know, Karolenko. You know, he was like a shooting coach. Uh, for for uh, Andres Karolenko, uh, you know, yeah. during growing up, and you know, obviously that guy became such a tremendous shooter, and then now you know he has a chance to coach Kristaps uh, Porzingis, and I mean that guy, you know, a rookie. This guy's seven foot three, and he has like impressive shooting. Uh, he moves he moves well for a big guy. I mean the the sky's the limit for Porzingis, and he he hasn't even reached his prime yet. So yeah. If you couple that with a healthy Carmelo Anthony, and hopefully they could get a, uh, uh, you know, some, you know, at least a star over here, you know, they could be they could be a pretty good team. Uh, obviously, they're gonna go after a point guard, you know, either a veteran or or a, um, you know, a very quick uh, point guard, you know. So we'll, we'll see how they improve the team. Yeah. And uh, lastly. Uh, WWE, um, uh, AJ Styles finally turned heel. He uh, officially joined the club, and he attacked John Cena, and now John Cena will be battling AJ Styles at the Money in the Bank pay-per-view event. And uh, there goes a dream match right there. So, yeah. Uh, that, that looks intriguing. Yeah, I think uh, AJ is going to beat John Cena. I don't think, they, they, they you know, WWE is going to have him. John Cena bury him like he's done his other opponents. That's that's a that's an interesting possibility, you know. We'll, we'll re- be- definitely find out soon enough with that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know the draft is coming soon. Uh, uh, next month, uh, what July, what seventeenth or nineteenth? I'm not sure. I can't remember. But as a result, for the first time ever, SmackDown is going to move to Tuesdays, and it's going to be live. Here from here on out, and it's going to be another draft. So it's going to be a split, split rosters uh, down the down the middle, and uh, it should be interesting to see. I hope they they keep it one champion, you know, because if they if they put two make it two titles, it's, it's going to water down the significance of of having a title. Yeah. The only thing I think they should do. I mean, it did work out, you know, Daniel Bryan. Mark Henry, uh, Booker T, um, trying to think of some other people who became champions, uh, CM Punk, uh, Rey Mysterio, you know, guys who wouldn't have become champions, you know, WWE champions. Well, obviously, Booker T was never uh, a WWE champion, but those guys were able to win championships. And as a result, uh, even Christian, Christian won the, won the championship that they probably wouldn't have had a shot to win the WWE title, you know, 
if they didn't win the 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 world the world heavyweight title to prove that they could be champions in this uh, business. Yeah. But yeah. I still think they should they should keep it one title, put the Intercontinental title back on Raw, put the U.S. title exclusively on SmackDown, and uh, have the the champion and the tag team champion and the women's champion go on both shows. Make it a privilege winning the title, those aforementioned titles, and then they could go on either show. But the United yeah. States and the Intercontinental title should be separate on those sh- on their, their own separate shows. I agree. But we'll talk more about that later. But quickly, the Knicks, I mean, not the Knicks, the Jets, uh, you know, they have a three-year deal, $36 million deal with uh, Fitzpatrick. Apparently, Fitzpatrick is willing to sign a one-year deal. I believe it's $12 million, but apparently Jets are not putting that option on the table. Bottom line is Jets, they need to sign that guy. You know, they're, they're a win-now team. They need a veteran to lead them to the promised land. Um, but we'll see what they're going to do with that. Uh, you have any last words you'd like to say? Uh, check out my shows. Um, IMAC, Saturdays at 11. Come back here and check out Sports Urban Legend every Saturday, Saturday night, Sunday morning at midnight. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, there won't be one next week because it'll be my birthday, so uh, I won't be able to do that show. But the week after that, I'll be back. Thank you. But thanks again, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to another episode of Sports and Legend. I'm Boy Ramon. This is Macaulay Matthew. And I'll see you guys in two weeks. Have a good weekend. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.